welcome back to Glittering at Turd. Uh, today I'm show from London. Um, so you may plane flying over or the racket of some local builders or even a siren. Um, Rinning, having just listened back to today's episode with comedian Rosie Jones. This is slightly different this week as we discuss more of an indirect turd, I suppose. Uh, the turd doesn't really belong to Rosie. It very much belongs to society and how they view Rosie's disability. Um, I think really, really interesting. Uh, I sure did. So without further ado, and waffle from me, I will let you have a listen. Enjoy. Today's guest is the hilarious comedian Rosie Jones. She's also an actress, an author, a writer, presenter... And I think all round brilliant human. Um, I've known Rosie for a few years now and can confirm she is a joy to be around. So, Rosie, thanks for talking to me today about turds. Chris, thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. Basically, I, I do everything if you pay me for it. Are you happy to tell me what your turd is? It was interesting because I've known about this podcast for ages and I've been so excited to do that. But I've been walking around going... (laughs) What's my turd? I don't know. I don't have a turd. Um, but I decided it's obvious. Um, my turd is my bloody disability, cerebral palsy, because We'll get into it later, but I've been disabled all my life and I've always said I love being disabled. (laughs) Oh, that's sorry for the listener. My kitten just walked past. So, in conclusion, my turd is my disability, even though I don't see it as a turd, but I think right now society makes it a turd. I wanted you to come on today to share your thoughts on because I, I've seen you talk about your cerebral palsy so much and you have lived with it all your life. You don't know any different and you've made it almost your superpower, um, I think. And it it really is, it has nothing to do with you. It's more how everyone else treats cerebral palsy and your disability. That is the issue here. So let's get into that instead. <laughs> 
Let's unpack that 32-year box. Holy moly. Yeah, where do you want to start? So, I'm 32, and I turned 30 in lockdown, which was an absolute bugger. Because I love a party and I was so, so annoyed that I couldn't get drunk and celebrate with my friends. But actually, turning a milestone age in lockdown made me think a lot about who I am and disability and I think the pandemic was hard on everybody but it was especially hard on disabled people and people with long-term health conditions. Um, So, like, the lovely combination between a global pandemic and me turning 30 made me really think about my disability in society, I came to the realisation that I have internalised ableism. And, yeah, so I don't know where to start. We could start at my birth. But I think what is more interesting to me right now is that notion of going into my mid-30s and A, realising that society thinks Disabled people are kind of like still underclass and be checking myself for internalised ableism and sort of undoing all these bad thoughts and prejudices that I now realise society has put on me all my life. I think I I read somewhere that it was you realising that you're not in a wheelchair, you don't use um, a walking aid and you realising that actually maybe a walking aid would be useful, but you're not doing it because you're almost forcing yourself to think, oh, I don't need it. But actually what that problem, the the issue there is that you think 
you'd be a lesser human. That's it internally. You're not thinking it, but you are a lesser human because you're then using an aid that is not deemed normal. So that that must have been a horrible realization. Yeah, and I've had a similar realization recently around mental health. Like all my life, I have said, I got physic, I got cerebral palsy which is a physical disability. But don't worry, nothing wrong with me mentally. I'm absolutely there. As if there was something wrong with having a mental health condition like there's no hierarchy in disability and the truth is the majority of people with physical disabilities also have mental health issues because of the strain it has on your life and your body. And I think I spent my whole life going, I got cerebral palsy, but I'm happy. I don't use a wheelchair. I don't have a mental health condition. I, I don't get tired. I can do everything you want me to. Almost like I'm going out proving society wrong. And that isn't how. A, you may change, and B, that isn't looking after myself because I've now created this character that I can't sustain in my 30s, 40s, I can't be an 88-year-old woman with cerebral palsy going, no, no, I don't need help, I don't need a wheelchair. I need more help than the average able-bodied adult. But the fact that I do need help. I shouldn't see that as a weakness because it's not. It's just me living my bloody life. And you said recently, 
as well as that, so I was coming home at 11 o'clock at night and then doing four, five hours writing. I think um, the first three years of my career, I averaged about four hours sleep a night. And that isn't sustainable for anybody. But I did it because I'm a stubborn bugger and I wanted to achieve. And recently I wrote an article about the fact that if you Google disabled comedian, you see me. According to Google, I am the disabled comedian. And that isn't true. Like, there's so many other brilliant disabled comedians, but I'm probably the biggest one right now. And I got a theory that it's because I am and I'm doing quotations, I am the perfect amount of disabled. And it's a chicken or the egg situation. I also think I've done well because of my attitude and because of my personality. I am naturally a loud, happy, positive person. And I think a lot of people relate to that. But I don't know whether this is my true, genuine personality or whether I had to create it at a very young age as a defence mechanism. So I'm not remembered as a disabled one. I'm remembered as a loud, happy, fun one. And when we go into that, when we go into really dissecting what parts of my personality I've had to fabricate as a result of 
prejudice. That's a very deep, hard question. My gut is, if I were able-bodied, I'd still be the loud one in the pub telling jokes, but I might not have pursued comedy to this extent. And then we're going into the positives of my disability in that it's given me more of a drive and that stubbornness to prove people wrong. Yes. I love that. Um, I think what you're actually saying is, Rosie Jones, you're actually a real bitch. Yes! (laughs) I am the real bitch! I think it's totally fair to have an identity crisis in your 30s, but I think what you're bringing up and like what you're realizing now is like so important. But I think you're at that stage where it's a great thing to realize because you can actually do something with that. You, now that you're in this space, you can use it to your advantage and educate people. Um, so let's talk about the glittery bits a bit more then. Yeah, let's go to that bloody tip. <laughs> so what what do you hope to do next? What's your plan of attack? <laughs> I mean, I want to attack Lodge. Um, I'm going to start with me individually and my life. And then hopefully branch off to society and then the inevitable world domination. So in in terms of me, myself, um... My identity crisis in my thirties. I'm really taking it seriously, and I'm going to therapy, and I'm really trying to undo that notion of I don't need to be okay and happy all the time. Um, In terms of my job, like you say, I'm getting to a really good position where I think I'm respected in the comedy world and I'm now at a point where I don't need to do eight gigs a week 
I don't need to function on four hours sleep a night. But if you want me, I can only work four days a week. And when I say I'm tired, we stop filming. But again, I'm well aware that a newer disabled comedian might not feel confident to make those, again, quotation mark demands Mm. because it's not like it's bloody Mariah Carey demanding a certain temperature. It's literally me saying, here's how I don't get a four-day migraine. But then if I branch it out, I'm hoping that my work and my um, visibility on TV will make it easier for other disabled comedians and disabled people in general to see me and go, oh, wow, if she can do that. I can do that. So I think with everything in life, you got to take care of yourself. But it's also about not pulling up the ladder. It's making space for other people. I speak a lot about allies. Actually, disability is a minority out of anything that you don't know if you'll join our group. Like anyone could become disabled. So if you're an ally for us, you don't know that one day you'll be fighting for a group that you're Mm. actually in. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I I feel like you're going to be spearheading this movement um no pressure but <laughs> um i'll get my flag out and i'll get on the street oh sorry i keep talking but one small thing i'm talking a lot about the movements and i thought I think they've all been brilliant, but what I've noticed in terms of Me Too, Black Lives Matter, 
and the coin moves man as a whole. Disabled people are in all of those categories, but during me too, no one was speaking about the experiences of disabled women. And again, German Black Lives Matter, I barely read anything about disabled people of colour. And that's a thing. Disabled people are everywhere. They are gay, they are black, they are women. But I feel like even within those minorities, we're not spoken about at all. Do you think it's the... Where, where can we start with this sort of education and getting things moving? Because I think sometimes people are so overwhelmed by movements like Black Lives Matter and Me Too. Like it, and obviously it starts with stories. It starts with a, usually something traumatic and horrific. And that's when a story spreads. But where sometimes people get overwhelmed, like, well, I'm not going to start a movement. Why would I start the movement? That sounds so big and unachievable. But what are the little things that people can do day to day? Oh, that's a hard one. So I think there's many different things that need to happen at once. I think a big one is education. We need to teach children about disability in schools because the thing about human beings is we are not born with prejudice. And my favourite thing is when a child comes up to me and goes, why do you talk funny? Or, what's wrong with your legs? And you can see their parents are absolutely mortified. And the adults, their parents, have a certain shame surrounding that. And actually... The adults themselves probably don't know why I talk funny. They probably don't exactly know what cerebral palsy is. And they try to pop that shame into their children and they go, no, no, don't bother the lady. And now you're to go, no, no, it's a good question. 
So, Edie, the amazing Edie Eckhart. Um, I mean, I wanted to talk to you about the book from the get-go, but um, obviously this is, it's not a memoir, but ultimately it's the story of a secondary school girl who's got cerebral palsy, who's dealing with all sorts of, I mean, she sounds like you. She sounds like the positive Polly, the one that wanted to be happy all the time, be funny and make people laugh and then realizes that she can be sad too <laughs> that she can have all these emotions um yeah. and ultimately yeah. um also realizes that she's got feelings for a girl and i think like this is a book i wish i had read at school because i think it would have totally well it would have made i think we come out we come into the world when we're meant to be adults and we're not prepared for those we what we deem tricky situations with people that are not the same as us because no one has ever pre presented them to us like if they're not around us then how are we ever meant to like know how to deal with that situation and also know that there's nothing to deal with it's just being human with another human exactly and thank you so much for reading my book, it's a thing that I'm absolutely most proud of, of, of everything I've done. And I'm just about to release the second book. So I've been doing a little bit of a book tour and oh my God, my little heart cannot cope with it. The amount of children who come up to me with dogged copied on my book and they say it's my favourite book Ooh. I've read it ten times and what what has 
Dormay is I predominantly wrote it for disabled children because when I was a disabled child, there was nothing, nothing in books that I could relate to. So I really wanted to create a hero who had a disability. Um, But more than that, what has made me even more emotional is the amount of able-bodied children who read it and enjoy it. And like you say, they're educated, but more than that, they just like Edith. They like it. They love her as a character. And I felt emotional on World Book Day because I got so many photos of the little girls dressing up as Edie uh, for school. And some were disabled and some were able-bodied. And that notion of wanting to dress up as your favourite character who just happens to be disabled, they didn't have a problem with that. I don't even think it was an issue in the head for them. I'm so, so proud of what I've written. It should be. It's a it's a really beautiful, funny book. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it on to a kid who I know will love it too. I I mean that that in itself is such a glittery part of your experience, right? And that's gonna help so many people. Thank you. Yeah it definitely feels like a, a big big part of the glitter because hopefully the children who read it will then grow up and when they meet disabled people in their lives there'll be absolutely no prejudice yeah so how it should be well, okay, we could talk all day, but I want us to move on <laughs> to, um, and if you if you think you can, please share one lesson that you'd like to pass on to us um, that you've learnt from your turd or glittering of it. I feel like I learn things every single day.
And the way in which I've glittered my turd is that I have now been recruited by the Early Intervention in Psychosis team for the NHS in Berkshire. Um, I've really turned a corner. I'm managing my mental health so much better. Well, I guess my psychosis is in remission for two years. So uh, I'm feeling really good about that. Oh, my goodness. Well done, Eleanor. That's epic. Yeah. To turn that around. Yeah. Oh. That's amazing. And I feel like it's exactly what we've been saying today of um, having a turtle, but then using it in order to help other people and to make this a world where no one feels like they're on their own. Um, Eleanor sounds incredible. Okay, thank you. Um, This brings us to the end of our chat. You've got, have you still got some tea or whatever was in your cup before? Yes, coffee. Coffee. I've got tea dregs in mine. Let's cheers to turds and to, I also want to cheers to Edie Eckhart. And what would you like to cheers to? (laughs) Just talking to you today has put, even more glitter on the turd and I really feel like we've not talked about the importance of friends and conversations and being able to open up and be honest with a good person so to friends and good people ah cheers 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 well i have so many valuable takeaways from what rosie shared with us um firstly and very personally i constantly need to be reminded that asking for help is not a weakness I think, you know, being positive and claiming that everything is okay does such a disservice to the human experience um, and especially more vulnerable people. Also, it shouldn't take many years of oppression, as was the case for people of colour, or long years of stigmatisation, as is the case for people with disabilities. And the movements like Black Lives Matter that have followed for us to simply give a shit about humans. Thank you, Rosie, for tackling this and, you know, making us laugh too. Also, thanks to Eleanor for sharing your turd glittering story with us and to you lot for listening. I'm honestly so moved by the impact of this podcast so far. Uh, I hope that you can keep sharing the love with your mates and online. You can also rate and review the glittering a turd podcast on your podcast app and follow it so you don't miss any future episodes right i shall see you next time lots of love to you goodbye